Hi, welcome back to Out of Curiosity, our podcast where we seek biblical clarity for modern questions. I'm Nick. And I'm Garland. And today we have a special guest with us, Alexia Necessary, here to talk about the Enneagram. Garland, you want to tell us? Hi, Alexia. Welcome. Thanks. Am I your first guest? You are our first first guest. guest. Oh, I feel so honored. You're very special. Garland, tell us a little bit about Alexia. Yeah, I got, I've got to work with Alexia in ministry. She's been a part of a church plant in ministry. She's one of my best friends. She's somebody that uh, my wife and I pal around with all the time. And uh, somebody that uh, in my life has brought this topic up almost every time I'm around her. And so we spend this, we spend a lot of time talking about this topic, but uh, in our, uh, in our kind of region of the world, she's become somewhat of the, of the the expert on this topic. So that's uh, why we have her here. But uh, we're really glad you've joined us, Alexia. Uh, I'm glad to see you here in the Out of Curiosity booth. Thanks. I'm glad to be here. I prefer the term Enneagram enthusiast. Enneagram so. enthusiast. Okay. So you are at what? So tell us, how did you become an Enneagram enthusiast? Well, I'm a type seven, so I am an enthusiast. About everything. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah. Um, so a few years, I guess it's been about four years ago now. Um, I had postpartum depression after my second was born and um, was just struggling in my marriage. And a friend was like, I am reading this book and it's telling me the soul of your husband. And I was like, <laughs> wow. I'm going to need that. Yeah, and <laughs> it seems very intense. But if you do know the Enneagram, he's a type five. And so he's very private. And I was like, oh, I need to know more about that. So I just dove deep into it and just really saw how it was so helpful for me and so helpful for other people and their relationships. So I just um, kind of became obsessed a little bit. I've calmed down a little now. I promise. (laughs) It's not every conversation. You were enthusiastic. I was very enthusiastic. And um, it led to me just some of my experience um, with student ministry. Mm -hmm. I just really value team and how teams work together. So it naturally fit that I came and did a team building for Garland's team and got to use the Enneagram as a tool for that. And then it's kind of grown from there. I've taught a couple women's um, Bible study classes on the Enneagram or book classes. It's not a Bible study, but we'll talk about that. I'm excited (laughs) to hear about that. So tell us for people who've heard about this Enneagram thing, but have no clue what it is. What is the Enneagram? It's basically a personality profile system. Um, There's nine types. It's different than other personality tests you might have taken because it definitely deals with underlying motivations, um, why we do the things we do, and it's uh, more dynamic than most personality tests. Uh, it, it goes where you go in stress and in health, um, how you can grow in those types, um, and it's it's ancient, mm-hmm. um, but it's definitely um, changed and developed in the modern world and what we have today. Okay. Cool. So that, that's really helpful. And I know, I mean, we've all done the Enneagram typing uh, game. And so uh, to, I think it's been fascinating. It often leads in marriage, I think, to some really good laughter moments as you start to just realize why your spouse is doing the thing that they're doing or in team settings. And so, uh, Garland, do you want to surprise everybody and tell us what your Enneagram type is? The test said I was an eight. And how did you feel about that? 
uh, I don't think I can be typed, which is what everybody uh, that knows me, like Alexia says, is what an eight would say. Of course. And so I will leave it what, at that. What does it mean to be an eight, Garland? Uh, apparently I am somebody that challenges things and uh, refuses to be uh, put into some kind of box. And so I'm always look aggressively challenging things. But apparently I have, a, I have a seven wing, which means I'm fun about it. <laughs> and how did Sarah feel when she heard that description of you? Thought it was right on. <laughs> yeah, Sarah's a big fan. She loves it. <laughs> yeah, so I I would um, I would say I'm a six with a five wing. So that means that I am. I think this is what it means. You can tell yeah. me, Enneagram enthusiast, if I'm off here, that I'm deeply concerned about security and safety, particularly in my relationships. And so um, the, the downside of that is I tend toward worry and anxiety if I fear that I don't have that security. Um, and that little five wing means I really love theories and research. And so I want to, my safe place is to, to dive into study and learning. Um, so if I feel scared about those things, I can go that direction. That's a great job describing Thanks. a type six. I appreciate that. Thank <laughs> you. Um, so, and you are, we've already alluded oh, yes. to it a little bit. I'm a type seven, um, which you can call the enthusiast or... Um, sometimes people call it the Epicurean. I'm a real curious person. I love to have fun and adventure. I'm also um, very anxious, like a type six can be. Okay. But I repress that and I just go and do, do, do. So, yes. so you don't have to I don't have to acknowledge it. Yeah. Which this, this is why it's so helpful. I was like, oh, I'm not anxious. But when I actually sat and thought about it, I'm like, oh, that is driving me. Yeah. And um, I've been able to like take that to God and. Mm -hmm. Um, really just change how, really how my prayer life looks and acknowledging this kind of interior landscape and what's deep inside of me that it's easy, you know, it's easy for us to be in denial of those things. Yeah. So you talked about how like awareness of your personality led you to prayer, led you to take things to God. I know some of the skepticism could be, hey, this isn't in scripture. Um, this is this extra biblical personality typing thing. Um, how, how would you say as a believer um, that, that this interacts with faith in a healthy way? What are the benefits for Christians in, in learning about the Enneagram? Well, I always start in the class or if I lead a workshop or something, it's a tool. Yeah. And a tool can be used for good or for bad, right? Mm -hmm. Like you can build up or you can tear down. Um, but I think it's helpful for the believer, the Christian um, follower of Jesus that we have motivations and deep core longings or fears and beliefs and um, anything we can use to kind of uncover those yeah. and uh, bring those to God and lay those at his feet and surrender, surrender those things. Mm -hmm. I think that's valuable. And so if you can take the Enneagram and um, use it as a tool for that, yeah. then that's good. That's a good thing. And we should use it. Um, if it's not helpful, I'm like, if the Enneagram is not helping you right now, or it's not something you need right now, that's fine. You don't need to pick up that tool right now. Use a different tool. Yeah. That's so helpful. Cause I think, you know, I think about our command to love the Lord, your God with all your heart. Mm -hmm. And then also the wisdom that the heart is deceptive above all else. Mm -hmm. So how are we supposed to love God with this part of us that can deceive us? And I think that was something that was helpful for me that is recognizing there are a lot of things I'm doing that are masking something else. Yeah. And so it was helpful for me to kind of unmask some of those deceptions in my heart to, to free me to love the Lord better and to love others well. So, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Anything else that you've seen just as you've worked with people on it that's been really beneficial? I mean, I think it illuminates that interior landscape. Mm -hmm. um, 
you know, when Paul talks about the thorn in his side, yeah. I think um, each type has this kind of vice or uh, core weakness. Mm-hmm. It, depending on who you listen to, they'll use different language. But um, it really shows you what that thorn in your side is. But also, it doesn't let you stay there. It, it shows you how God created you and how you reflect him. And that in spite of that thorn in your side, you can walk and abide with him. Um, and kind of even shows you maybe a little bit of a pathway of how to get there. Because uh, we're not all created the exact same. We each reflect unique parts of who God is. Um, we're the body of Christ, right? Like if I am analyzing or looking at myself thinking I'm a hand, but I'm actually a foot, mm. like I'm using the wrong like rubric, right? And so I think the Enneagram shows us that, oh, I'm a hand and I can be a hand and this is how I can be the best hand possible for Christ, how he's going to use me to do his work for his glory. That's really helpful. That's a, that's a beautiful picture. What would, as you've um, worked with people, what are some of the, like, what are some of the warnings? You said it's a tool and a tool can be used to build up or tear down. What are some ways the Enneagram could be used for destructive purposes or could lead to some trouble? Um, One of my favorite people that I would resource is Beth McCord. Um, She's uh, goes by your Enneagram coach, but she always talks about it can be a shield or a sword. Um, And if you're using the Enneagram in that way, that's going to be unhelpful. That's my biggest warning. If you're like, oh, I'm a type seven, I just want to have fun. And I don't want to go into hard things or places like that with you. I'm putting up this shield like, oh, I'm a seven. That that doesn't pertain to me. Or I just procrastinate. That's just who I am. I, you know, um, or I can use it as a shield like, oh, Nick, you're type six. <laughs> I see how that's happening and like yeah. what you're doing here. And, um, you know, that's that's not what we're called to do. We're, right. We, you know, speak truth in love. Mm-hmm. And so it gives clarity and helps me to see maybe like what you're struggling with um, more clearly, but I can use that information to point you to Christ in a loving way and, and maybe in a, in a better way. Like I might interpret some of your behaviors Mm -hmm. in light of my own thoughts. Um, but you're actually driven by safety and security, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're going through something hard and I want to give you advice or speak into that, I might interpret it in my own perception and think, oh, don't worry about that. It's not a big deal. Like God is bigger than that. When what I really could do is listen to those fears Mm -hmm. and then speak gently and lovingly, like you're dwelling in anxiety or, um, you know, and be more clear on why that's unhelpful and point you to Christ and like give specific scripture or specific truth to fight that. That makes sense. And I think, I think what I'm hearing is because, uh, sometimes the, the, I can feel kind of dismissed in conversations when Enneagram comes up. So because I know this is important to you as a six, the only reason it's important to you is because you're a six, therefore ignore it. Mm-hmm. When I think our response maybe would actually be the opposite. Like yes. if I'm talking to a one, I'm not going to go, oh, you're, there you go being obsessed with the details again. My response actually probably should be, oh, details are important to this person. Yeah. Let's honor that. That's, that's actually yes. really valuable to them. So it should not be to dismiss, but actually to learn how to listen better maybe. Yes, exactly. Like, those things are valuable to this person. How can I love them and meet them where they're at and not not condemn them or shame them, but then also point them to truth in that? Yeah, that's really helpful. Any other dangers, pitfalls, warnings uh, worth being aware of? I guess 
um, it just does not give you permission to just stay where you're at. Um, I think the Enneagram shows us where we're misaligned with the gospel Mm -hmm. often. And, um, I mean, as a believer, we want to be aligned with Christ. And so this does not give us permission to just be in our same habits and hurts or hangups, mm-hmm. um, but to to move from those, to get out of the box that we're in. And so th- this personality, like, oh, it's great to know this, but we can't just stay there. That's really good because ultimately in all of the conversation about identity that's happening right now, I think is really healthy. There's a danger that it turns totally inward. And, and I think that's, if I were to identify maybe a, a false gospel out, right, out in the world right now, I'd call it the false gospel of self-realization. Right. That what God wants for me is just to discover who I am. Yeah. And, and all biblical language is really about being conformed to Christ. And that would be a danger is to say there's no change that I need to make in my life. I just need to be who I already am. Um, right. When actually the scriptures say, yes, there are changes that need to happen to your life. You need to be conformed to Christ. And so our identity is ultimately found in him. And you're saying Enneagram is a, a way to maybe remove hindrances and understand what that path to being conformed to Christ looks like for each person. Yeah, I think there is a little bit of confusion if you read much about mm-hmm. the Enneagram or even listen. There's a lot of podcasts about it. But um, I use the language adapted self and authentic self. Okay. And I was having a conversation with a woman actually in my class. And um that adapted self is walking in our own strength, mm-hmm. our own survival methods, um, and our authentic self. It's not just like self-realization, yeah. but it's living a life, like abiding with Christ, filled with the spirit. That is who God made us to be, like not ignoring um, how we're uniquely created, embracing that in light of the gospel. Yeah. So. That's pretty cool and pretty compelling. Garland, you want the last word on this one? I like the Enneagram. Oh, <laughs> oh good job. We've, We've converted him. over. Hey, he was my first my first paid gig. Hey, there you go. Well done, Garland. You are that bought in on the Enneagram. He's a good friend. Awesome. <laughs> Alexia, thank you so much for being here. This has been really helpful, and I think it's hit the mission and the target to try to find biblical clarity on modern questions. Thanks for coming, and thanks for listening to Out of Curiosity. Thanks for listening to Out of Curiosity as we discuss what should we make of the Enneagram. If you want to dig deeper into this topic, we suggest that you read Romans 7, 15 through 19, Ephesians 4, 22 to 24, and Colossians 3, 9 through 10. We also suggest that you check out the book Self to Lose, Self to Find by Marilyn Vansel. If you want to send in a question or contact us, go to oocuriosity.com and follow us on Instagram at oocuriosity. Be sure to subscribe to keep up with future episodes.